Hello out there. Welcome to Here's the Deal with uh, Rick Countryman. I'm glad you're joining me today. Um, got some really neat things that, that I've been thinking about and studying and kind of laying some stuff out. I'm excited to, uh, to share them with you. So, uh, for those of you that might be new to Here's the Deal with Rick Countryman, you might be listening to the podcast, uh, you might be watching the broadcast, um, uh, I'm Rick Countryman, I'm a pastor at Big Valley Grace Community Church here in town, and we always have new people joining the, the, the broadcast, or the podcast, so I just want you to know who I am. I was the youth pastor at Big Valley Grace for... Man, almost 20 years, and then I was the um, Saturday night guy, started our Saturday night service, and that was a, a real thrill. Then I became the men's pastor there at the church, and for about 15 years, I was the senior pastor of the church, and about a year ago or so, I handed the baton off to uh, Joel Boone, who is now the senior pastor at Big Valley Grace. And I am simply the campus pastor at, uh, uh, of our Modesto campus. I'm one of the teaching pastors there. And uh, I do a, a number of other things. But um, that gives you a little background as to who I am. Married, got three kids. My oldest daughter is married to a Modesto police officer. Uh, my middle daughter is uh, married and living in Colorado. And my youngest son still lives here at home. He is in college and is working. And all of my family members, my grandkids, my son-in-laws, everybody, people who love Jesus, they're walking with the Lord. I'm super, super thankful for that. And uh, so I, I'm always asked, you know, why did you start Here's the Deal with Rick Countryman? And one of the reasons why is, um, I know there's lots of you out there that are listening, you're watching this, and for 15 minutes, you, you, you get to be encouraged in the Word of God. And, and that's why I, I started this. I just wanted to have a presence out there where people were hearing the Word of God, being encouraged in the Word of God, and uh, it is really fun to hear uh, from you. It's amazing how many people are listening or watching. It's hundreds and hundreds of people. And so I'm thankful for you. Make sure you hit share if you're watching this on Facebook and let your friends know about it. But I do want to encourage all of you to go to the um, your podcast, Apple podcast, and punch in the search bar. Here's the deal with Rick Countryman and get the podcast. I'm working on making the audio better, especially on the podcast, but I'm a one-man show. I literally do all of this in my little man cave, my little office here, and so I am working to make sure that the audio gets better on the podcast because it's not that good right now, but uh, something's better than, than nothing. Okay, so so let's get into um, maybe what I, I, I hope would be an encouraging time for, for you as it was for me. So Romans chapter 8 gives us a, a, an interesting bit of information. The Holy Spirit fills our brother Paul and he pins these words. He says, For those God foreknew, 
He also predestined those people to be conformed to the likeness of his son. And so I don't want to talk about predestination or foreknowledge or the election uh, doctrines. I, I just want to share that God did, obviously, he foreknew some people, he predestined some people to what? Well, it says right here that while we're here on planet Earth, we would be more and more transformed into the image of His Son. That's the heart of God. He wants His people, if you know Him as your Savior, He wants you to be more and more like His Son, Jesus Christ. That's what He wants for, for me. Paul prayed this in Ephesians chapter 1. He said, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know Him better. In other words, Paul's heart here, his prayer was, was that somehow you and I would get to know God better. We get to know Jesus better. And and. Kind of what that means is, is the more we know Him and the better we know Him, the more we can be like Him, right? Uh, Hebrews says, Therefore let us leave the elementary teachings about Christ and go on to maturity. In other words, let's keep moving along. Let's keep becoming more and more conformed or transformed into the image of Jesus. And then Peter says this in 2 Peter chapter 3, he said, but grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so you kind of pick up a, a pattern here where God is filling his servants with his Holy Spirit. They're pinning the very words that God wants us to hear and know, right? The scriptures are God-breathed. And you see this kind of thought over and over again that God wants us to be like His Son. He wants us to be transformed into the likeness of His Son. He, he wants us to grow and mature in our faith. The, 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 that's a common theme that you see. And so what I thought I'd do is this. I thought I'd give you three things, just real quick. And I'm hoping that there'll be an encouragement to all of you that are watching or listening, okay? Three things that will help you uh, grow in your love for God, or they'll help you mature in your relationship with Jesus, or they're going to help you become more and more like His Son. Now, none of us are going to be His Son. We're never going to get there, okay? But it is the Father's heart that all of us become more like His Son, that we think like His Son, that we reason like His Son, that we respond to others like, like His Son. And so let me give you three things real, real quick. And as I said, I hope they're an encouragement to you. And the first one is this. You've got to have a, an understanding of how powerful God's Word is. And this may sound weird to some of you, but, but I, I, I have found that there's a lot of believers, especially immature believers, who they don't really understand just how powerful the Bible is. They don't really understand the, the power that are written between the, those two leather-bound covers, if you will. And if you want to grow and mature in your faith, I'm telling you, you need to understand just how powerful a book the Bible is. 
In fact, I'm going to rattle off some things for you, okay, just real quick. It saves. The Bible saves. The Word of God saves. You can read about that in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23, Romans chapter 10, verse 17. It teaches and it trains, right? 2 Timothy chapter 3. It guides us, Psalms 119.105. It counsels us, Psalms 119.24. It revives us, Psalms 119.154. It restores us, Psalms 19.7. It warns us and rewards us, Psalms 19.11. It nourishes us, uh, 1 Peter chapter 2. It judges us, Hebrews chapter 4. It sanctifies us, John 17. It frees us, John 8. It enriches us, Colossians chapter 3. It protects us, Psalms 119. It strengthens us, Psalms 119. It keeps you from sin, Psalms 19, 119. The list goes on and on and on. The writer of, of Hebrews, and we really don't know who wrote Hebrews. I, I suspect it was probably Paul. But he said, for the word of God is living and it's active. And those are two really great words. It's, it's living. It's not this dead thing. It may be thousands of years old. What's written in it is thousands of years old, but it's still alive. And not only is it alive, but it's, it's active. Peter said this. He said, For all men are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our Lord will stand forever. And so the first thing, man, if you really have a desire to want to grow and mature in your faith, you want to be more like Christ, you've got to understand just how powerful the, the scriptures are, the, the, the Bibles. Number two, you've got to purge your life of, of sin, okay? In 1 Peter chapter 2, it begins with this thought. Peter says, therefore... Rid yourself of all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and slander and uh, slander of every kind. And this text pretty much speaks for itself that, that we've got all this stuff, all this crud, and it just gets in our lives, okay? I don't care who you are. There's only one person who never had to... You know, never, you know, never blew it, and that was Jesus. We all blow it. We all mess up. We think things that are just crummy and wrong. We say things that are crummy and wrong. We, we do things that are crummy and wrong. Uh, James says, to him who knows the right thing to do when you don't do it, that's sin. So all of us have known things we should have done that we didn't do, and that's sin. And so here we are, and we've got to learn to purge our lives of our of, of sin because it messes up our relationship with God. It bums God out. It hinders your prayers. It brings shame on your life. You lose your joy. It brings God's chastising, His discipline into your life. It can literally make you sick and, and your sin can even cause physical death. The Bible gives us all kinds of stuff about the power of sin in uh, our lives. It's an ugly thing and it needs to be dealt with. Okay? Peter says, rid yourselves of these things. Well, let me tell you where that begins. It begins 
with these words from our brother John in 1 John where he said, if we confess our sins, whatever all that stuff is, this is how we purge our life from sin. If we confess it, God is faithful and just and He'll forgive us of our sin and He'll purify us from all the unrighteousness. He'll purge our life, if you will, of all the sin. And I just want you to know, you and I will never grow and mature in our faith if we aren't dealing with our sin often, if we're not purging our life of sin often. But not only are we to pray and say, hey, God, man, I blew it. Man, would you forgive me? But, but we have a responsibility also. I love what Paul tells young Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2. He says, flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace. In other words, you've got an action step to take. Yes, God forgives us and, and, and He purges us of our sins and forgives our sins and all that kind of stuff. But then we're told, hey, come on, flee all those junky, crummy things. Don't, don't do that. Instead, make sure you're pursuing righteousness and faith, love, and, 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 and peace, right? So, so my point is, is that spiritual growth um, is never going to happen if you're not dealing with your sin, okay? And now let me give you the third one here real, real, real quick. The third one, you must have a craving for the greatest fuel source known to mankind. You've got to have a craving for the Word of God. Not only do you have to recognize how powerful it is, not only do you have to purge your own life of sin, but you then have to have a craving for the Word of God. There are times in my life where I have craved certain foods. Uh, my wife will tell you, um, I will often crave a steak. She'll come home and go, hey, what would you like for dinner? And I'll go, you know, I'm just, I'm hungry for a steak. Or I'll crave um, a hamburger. Wow. I just want a hamburger, right? Where you see this most often is a child, right? A baby when they're born. They crave their mother's milk. And that's what we have to have as it relates to the Word of God, right? The Word of God is, is a Christian, Christian's ultimate life source, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 4, man does not live by bread alone, right? But by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And one of the things that I think is really interesting, in 1 Peter chapter 2, he says, like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow in your salvation. One of the things that's always interests me in that is that he didn't say preach the Word, read the Word, study the Word, linger on the Word, teach the Word, search you know, the Word, memorize the Word. Those are all good things. And we all have to do those things. But Peter here says, crave the Word. Desire the Word. And it's when you crave it and you desire it, wow, growth, spiritual growth, really, really begins to, to happen. Someone, I don't know who said this, I couldn't find the quote, but genuine godliness is always marked by a great deep love for God's Word. And I think that's true. 
Colossians 3 says, Let the word of God dwell in you richly. I love what the psalmist says in Psalm 42. It's a familiar psalm. They made a really popular song out of it. And it says, As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Where can I go and meet God? That's the heart of a true believer. That's the heart of somebody who desires to grow, to become more like Jesus. And so here's the deal. Would this describe you? Are you somebody who, man, like a deer pants for water? Do you pant and long for the Word of God? Because if you do, I want you to know, you're on your way to becoming more and more and more like Jesus. You're on your way to spiritual maturity. Hey, listen, thanks for tuning in. And uh, make sure you hit share. Go to the podcast and give it a rating, okay? And leave a comment uh, and all that kind of stuff. Okay, see you guys.